Passover was six days away. Thousands of Jewish pilgrims were headed to Jerusalem to celebrate and retell the story of God delivering their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. The whispers of a man from Galilee that some claimed was the long-awaited Messiah added to the fervor of the pilgrims. Was God finally going to step in and free them from the oppression of the Romans? Would the throne of David finally be reclaimed? Was God's vengeance to be poured out? As Jesus visited his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in Bethany, he knew what the next two weeks would hold. Lazarus had been raised from the dead, making Jesus a dangerous man to the Jewish and Roman authorities. He had to be stopped. Mary, a disciple and friend of Jesus, understood what was coming. She anointed his feet and poured out her love for him. What can we learn from Mary's act of love? Join Pastor Jason Schiller for this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church. Let us pray. Bring your word near to us, O God. May it rest not only on our lips, but also reside in our hearts. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to respond to your word with our whole lives until you become our dwelling place. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. This is Isaiah speaking to the people on behalf of the Lord. The Lord says, Who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters? Who brings out chariot and horse, army and battalion? They will lie down together and will not rise. They will be extinguished, extinguished like a wick. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. The beasts of the field, the jackals and ostriches will honor me, because I have put water in the desert and streams in the wilderness to give water to my people, my chosen ones. This people whom I formed for myself, who will recount my praise. A reading of Psalm 126. When the Lord changed Zion's circumstances for the better, it was like we had been dreaming. Our mouths were filled suddenly with laughter. Our tongues were filled with joyful shouts. It was even said at that time among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Yes, the Lord has done great things for us. We are overjoyed. Lord, change our circumstances for the better. Like dry streams in the desert waste, let those who plant with tears reap the harvest of joyful shouts. Let those who go on out, crying and carrying their seed, come home with joyful shouts, carrying bales of grain. And our sermon text this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at the table. 
Then Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three quarters of a pound, of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, complained. This perfume was worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold in the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would take what he wanted. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial. And this is how she has used it. You always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. Word of God for the people of God. Does anyone remember the movie Gladiator? It came out like 20 years ago. The opening of that movie is a war scene where the Roman army is in Germania, what we would call Germany right now. And they have been in a long war with the German people. In a matter of a few minutes, you get a sense of the power that Rome carried to fight. When that battle starts, there are flaming arrows and bombs of oil that would burst into flames on impact, just careening through the sky in almost endless fashion. And then once all that was out, the troops would charge, well-organized, well-armed. They would charge in to fight. If you watch that scene, you get a sense of why people feared Rome so much. The Romans had perfected warfare. They knew more about warfare than any group that had come before them. They had advanced the technology of war greatly. And more than that, they had a view that anyone they were fighting, anyone who wasn't Rome, was less than them. They were really good at being cruel to those people. They had perfected warfare and they were not afraid to use it. The Roman Empire spanned all the way to what we would call Scotland, to Europe. It was massive. So when we read the stories around Jesus, Holy Week, have that in the background of your mind as we start to see how nervous the Pharisees and the religious leaders are. We're a week away from Pentecost in, or from um, Passover in this story. Passover was a time where pilgrims would come from all over the world to gather in Jerusalem and to celebrate the festival of Passover. They would retell the story of God freeing the people from oppression out of Egypt. And there would be a fervor to their gathering. When you take that and you add on top of it the whispers and talks of this Messiah, this promised one, it was a recipe for disaster. The religious leaders were nervous 
Because when Rome had come in and taken over, they kind of allowed the Jewish people to live and to worship and to self-govern to a point. But if they would become a problem, Rome would have no problem wiping them off the face of the earth. And in fact, 35 or 37 years after the life of Jesus, that's just what happened. There's an uprising. Rome is tired of the Jewish people, and they destroy the temple. The year 70, the last time the Jewish people had their temple. All that's standing now is the Western Wailing Wall, which you've seen in pictures on the news. The religious leaders were nervous. And they had to shut Jesus up out of fear that they would all be taken. They had to keep the peace with Rome. That's the background of what's happening here as we march towards Holy Week. Jesus seems to know that, and Jesus seems to be poking them and prodding them to guarantee his death. Raising Lazarus was kind of the last straw. They're in Bethany. Jesus is kind of home base when he's near Jerusalem. Lazarus, Martha, and Mary are mentioned several times in the Bible. Jesus stayed with them often. And Lazarus had just been raised from the dead, and word was spreading. having a celebratory dinner. Lazarus is there at the table. Martha is serving the guests. And Mary is at Jesus' feet where she often was. Being at the feet of your teacher is a sign of being that person's student. Mary was a disciple of Jesus. Jesus isn't mentioned with the twelve. She is no less a disciple than anyone else. And often I point out how often the disciples don't seem to get what Jesus is teaching. But Mary seemed to get it. Mary seemed to understand where the others did not. Mary loved Jesus. And seeing what was happening with the religious leaders, seeing Lazarus, her brother, raised from the dead, knowing what that would do, she responds to our eyes in a strange way. She takes expensive perfume, this oil, she pours it all over Jesus' feet in an act of service and love towards him. She wipes it with her hair. There's a lot culturally going on here. In Jesus' times, in Jewish culture, a woman's hair kind of carried her glory. Several commentaries write about it. Women's hair was very important. Wiping Jesus' feet with her hair is taking some of the most valuable things that she has. Cleaning him, preparing him for what was to come. The fragrance of that perfume would have filled the whole house. 
It would have followed Mary wherever she went for days and days and days. She understood what Jesus was teaching, that his time was short, that he would indeed die. The others didn't get it. They couldn't fathom their Messiah dying. The story that plays out six days before Passover starts in Jerusalem, before the events of Holy Week begin. It shows Jesus walking to the inevitable end at the cross. Jesus taking his place in God's plan of healing the broken world. of God showing the people a new creation and a new way. Our Isaiah text talks about the people returning from exile, wanting to rebuild their life before they were gone, and the prophet saying, don't remember those old ways. Don't worry about your ancient history. I'm doing new things. See the sprout. New things are growing. In the same way, it's no coincidence that at Passover is when these events would take place, when people are so grounded and rooted in their history and retelling the stories of the Exodus, living in their past, that God would send Jesus to say, forget those things. I am doing new things creating new things, and look and see the sprout growing. That's what the cross is about. The cross at one point, at, in one you know, swoop shows just the depravity that humans can have. The Romans had not only perfected warfare, they had perfected torture. They knew more about human anatomy and how to draw out someone's death as long as possible and make it as horrible and as painful as possible. And we have Jesus stepping into that point in time to do new things. Out of human destruction comes God's new creation. Newness of life a new creation free from death and sin. A creation of wholeness and healing. Most of the people couldn't see it or couldn't fathom it. But the women seemed to see it. It is they who wouldn't abandon and who come to the tomb to finish the anointing process on that Easter morning. They seem to understand Jesus to a point. In this passage, a lot of the focus is on Judas and his comments. And Mary is overlooked. It's kind of a passing action that just angers Martha 
because she's not helping out enough. But I think what Mary does here is vital. Not only for what's about to happen to Jesus, but for our understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to heal this broken world. To usher in a new creation. To usher in the kingdom of God. To remove the barriers between us. Barriers on display in Holy Week. Of human wickedness. Evil. The sin of looking at others as less than and therefore disposable. Where Jesus goes to those same people and shows them how much God loves them. How valuable they are being created in the image of God. That they are of infinite worth. Far more than perfume that costs a year wages. God was doing new things. And you see, God never stopped creating. Each step along the way, as you look through the accounts in the Old Testament, God is always sending messengers to say, I'm still here. I'm still creating. I'm still making a way in this broken world. Paths in the wilderness. Water in the desert. And that all culminates in Jesus on the cross. As you begin to ponder Holy Week, as we head to that difficult time, in the midst of human wickedness and evil, don't lose sight of what God was doing. Because where we mean things for evil, God means things for good. God showed us that and continues to show us that. And more than that, God invites us into this healing work. God invites us to be part of this new creation, to go out and to show others and point to the small sprouts coming up through the dry soil and to point and go, look, God is doing new things. Don't look back. Don't look at the old ways. Look at what God is doing now. So as we go out from this time of worship today, as we walk towards the events of Holy Week, as we are reminded of just how awful humans can be towards one another, although we get that reminder daily, it seems. Don't lose sight of the new things God is doing among you and through you in this world. Don't miss the new sprouts around you. Don't look back at the ancient ways. Look forward. Look to the ways God is creating even today. And then with confidence and with boldness, Walk in to the invitation to be a part of that new creation and to show others, to share God's love, to share God's grace, and to share healing. So go out in peace to love and serve the Lord.
And all God's people joyfully said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota.